What am I to do? Hi, Jackie Russo with Razor Branding Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about the pandemic pivot from the uh, approach of an academic institution and how they handled it. I welcome to the show Mike Boyer, who is the head of Terling's Catholic High School, and they had to go and take what is normally um, what a, almost a thousand people in classrooms every day and go online overnight. How'd that work out for you? Oh, I'm doing great today, and uh, good. Really appreciate the opportunity to to be on screen with you. Well, I appreciate you doing this for us and uh, getting a chance to tell the story because I know a lot of schools across the country and across the world uh, faced the same challenges you did at Turlings, which was all of a sudden you take all these kids who are in classrooms and send them home and still teach them. So where did you even start with figuring out how to do that? We, uh, we started with our teachers several weeks before uh, March the 13th and just in anticipation of what we felt uh, in our area, at least. And uh, so uh, they, were, they were tuned in, our teachers were. We had told them to, to prepare some plans, uh, you know, to go virtual at some point in time. And we had... Uh, conversations and uh, communication with some of our fam our families through that period. So, you know, March 13th came, uh, the school was uh, hosting its Rebel Open for tennis uh, at Oakborne Country Club. Uh, I was there and we just kept, kept looking at the news. Right, so you're watching the news, you knew that the shutdown was about to happen. And then all of a sudden, two days later, March 15th, here we are with everyone reporting to class from their house. It looks like we've had a little bit of a technical issue with Mr. Boyer's connection. So I know they're working to bring him back online. Um, having two students at Turlings myself, I know the efforts that they went through to get students up and running. As Mr. Boyer was just explaining, they got a head start by planning ahead. And so I think that's probably a great testament to their preparation. Mr. Boyer, you're back. Yeah. Okay, great. So you were saying that you were planning ahead, so, uh, anticipating it, right? Yes. And uh, so we were prepared uh, to go into that month. Uh, you know, on March 13th, you know, I, uh, I left the tennis courts and came back to school. Uh, the governor uh, had issued his proclamation. Uh, we were able to make, you know, make an announcement uh, with our students. Uh, not not the greatest of closure, you know, a lot of anticipation and unknown. Uh, told them to, you know, pack everything they had in their lockers. We didn't know the next time we would meet. Uh, and then I had a faculty meeting uh, with all of my teachers, uh, explaining to them uh, on what day that we would actually start uh, our distance learning. And uh, once again, they needed to uh, take anything they needed uh, to finish the school year, you know, and I don't think anybody had uh, the concept that uh, that would be the last time that we would all be on campus together. 
Right. Um, I know that it was obviously a, a big challenge just to transition the learning part. So having those few weeks to get prepared ahead and kind of see the writing on the wall, I'm sure it was still very challenging the first couple of weeks. How did y'all balance that with technology and communication and just making people feel okay about what they were going through? Well, it's, uh, like I say, we were ready. We probably started uh, a little heavy handed uh, with the lessons uh, for them to, to come to the concept of what a child could handle in that scenario. Because, I mean, on our end, we, we don't know what people go home to. You know, we don't know Well, we know they have siblings. We don't know what kind of devices they have. We don't know uh, that the our student is the oldest and they've got babysitting duties. If, you know, we just can't tie them down uh, to that. Uh, we had to send some of our devices home for our students uh, that needed it. We sent home some of our uh, hotspots, our mobile hotspots for those that lacked uh, Internet connection. Right. So sending them home with that technology, I'm sure, helped those kids uh, be able to stay connected to school as classes then went online. You know, it's interesting. I know a number of school districts throughout the country had to just stop educating altogether uh, because they couldn't make sure that the students had the technology necessary, whether there was device or connection. I read an article about one school district that used buses to bring hotspots into neighborhoods. Oh, Mr. Boyer's back. Yeah, I think I'm back. Okay, I think you're back. So you were saying that you sent some students home with hotspots to provide the um, internet connections if they didn't have high-speed internet at their houses? Right. You know, so we, you know, we just made sure all of our students uh, had what they needed. We had done a survey uh, before uh, the 13th of March. Uh, we knew exactly what uh, people had at their house and uh, where we could uh, assist uh, the student and the family to do that. Uh, I think it was Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday following uh, the 13th of March that uh, we started our lessons. Uh, as I said, we probably were a little heavy at first and we lightened up because, I mean, the, the bottom line, it, it is not the same as you're going to get in the classroom. Right. I mean, it is not. You, you cannot duplicate yeah. that. But, you know, it was our job process. Uh, it was our uh, teachers uh, and uh, administrators job. So those teachers and administrators had to really step in and figure out how to still bring that classroom experience into the house through technology. I, I know for my two students who are now junior and senior, but at the time sophomore and junior, for them it was learning a number of different apps. So you were talking about them bringing, uh, the administrator's job was to handle all that technology, right? Mr. Boyer? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I think I'm back. You uh, are. I don't know what's happening on my end. Uh, technology. You know, so, uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Technology at, at its finest. Uh, so, you know, we continue with the lessons. I mean, we, we uh, determined what was the most important uh, aspects of each course uh, that they needed to take away for the year. Uh, you know, some of the other things are, are line you off that go, go with that may uh, intensify the, the learning process. Uh, but it was our, you know, it was our responsibility to. 
Right. So um, I would love to say that this is a demonstration of how challenging it is for technology to happen uh, during the classroom setting. But I assure you, this is not planned. This is strictly a challenge for technology in a live interview. Oh, Mr. Boyer's back. Yes. Yes. You know, so, yeah, it is a challenge. Uh, and, you know, I thought uh, I thought our students, our teachers did it, uh, did it beautifully. I live with a teacher. Uh, who's taught mathematics for 25 years, and uh, she was doing three and four hours of work a day in just preparing what she was going to do virtually right. to where if she was in her classroom, you know, I mean, you know, she doesn't even have lesson plans. She knows what she needs to teach. She gets on the board. She gets on the, the smart board, the Promethean, and, and she does that. So, you know, our teachers did uh, a lot. Uh you know, all teachers did a lot that were, were distance learning in our diocese, but uh, I'm not here to talk about them. I'm here to brag about Turley's Catholic. <laughs> they did a wonderful job uh, right. in, in that process, you know, and then at the same time, uh, you know, you can't duplicate school, but you can duplicate parts of it that mean something to our community. He's right. You can't just duplicate the school process. Uh, but the parts of it that I think Turlings was able to duplicate was bringing in the academic uh, curriculum, making sure the core lessons were still being learned. Um, oh, look, Mr. Boyer's back. Yes, yeah, you, you were saying that um, there's some things that can't be duplicated. Yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, we, we're not a private school. We're a Catholic school. And that's the most important part of what we do. Uh, and so we had morning prayer that uh, that we posted on our Facebook page. And we had the students that normally would have done that at school uh, would do the prayer. Uh, our campus ministers, uh, I think we had 22 of them, uh, did a, a personal reflection uh anywhere from three to five minutes. Uh, and they were astounding uh, to what they, what they said and what, you know, they could put their thoughts into words. Uh, they were doing it, you know, without a written speech in front of them. It was from the heart. We had our music ministers uh, do solos, do duos. Uh, you know, we had where we had six of them at different places at their house and they all performed some music. Uh, and it was, you know, it was just, it was great. I mean, that's what, that's what our students see weekly. I mean, they sing at mass. Uh, we say our prayer every day and we wanted to, uh, you know, touch each of our students and our families uh, in, in such a way that, uh, you know, we felt like it was important uh, that we were doing, you know, the classroom work, but we were continue, uh, continuing with the, the spiritual education. Right. Uh, Jill Moe's watching and she says, thank you, Mr. Boyer. And then during some of our technological challenges, she posted clever way to show the challenges we have all been navigating. And she's right. Um, I think as you talk about how the music ministry and the campus ministers were able to stay connected with each other and with the student body, I think it truly shows how the Catholicism that drives the education at Turlings was able to permeate everything that still happened in the student's day-to-day -day life. And I think that's so important. Well, you know, and that's what, you know, I've been in, in Catholic education for 44 years. And, uh, you know, it is, 
it is the job, you know, you will get a job on what you learn in the classroom, but you will keep your job because of the character that you have. And we feel like that's through our uh, Catholicity and the leadership opportunities that we have for our students uh, that will ensure that they are successful as adults. Sure. And I know an important part um, after Catholicism and education, another big piece of the Turlings experience is athletics. And so you had a number of athletic programs that had to immediately stop. Um, how has that adjustment been for those spring teams and then the fall teams who are trying to get back into it as well? What do we do there for those players? Well, when, when it happened on March 13th, I mean, there was such an unknown. I mean, we were, you know, we out of school for a little while. I mean, the senior class, when they were freshmen, we had the flood and we missed some school. Right. Uh, on the tail end of it, they, we have the COVID. And, you know, I don't think anybody, anybody saw that we wouldn't return on campus. So, you know, there was some anticipation. We just shut down practices. Uh, and then within a week or so, it became very clear uh, that those sports were canceled. And, and for, those, uh, for those seniors in spring sports, it's devastating. I mean, devastating. I mean, I can remember being an athlete. And, uh, you know, if my senior year would have been when shut down, uh, you know, it would have been tough to handle. So, uh, you know, I felt we feel for we feel for them uh, that they didn't get a chance to finish, uh, you know, and, and, and some of them. I mean, that was there. You know, there were seniors there. They were in the leadership role and uh, it was time for them to to take charge and lead a team. Uh, yesterday was the first time that our kids have been allowed back on campus, uh, period, and and for uh, athletics and workout. So uh, there's some protocol that we have to follow to allow that to happen. Uh, but we had our you know our football, our cross country uh, cheerleaders and dancers are working out this week. Volleyball is going to start this week. Uh, you know basketball's got some time scheduled. Uh, and then those, you know, the kids in the baseball and the softball, they're off on their summer teams playing. So, uh, you know, very, very cautiously, I think that the, uh, the athletic activities uh, were able to begin. I, I think they made the right call in, in all of that uh, to make sure that it was safe. Uh, and like I said, then there's protocol that, uh, that we have to do today. I mean, the athletes have to work in groups, and those groups cannot change because. I would imagine those groups stay together uh, because it's almost like the quarantine bubbles that our families had the past few months. So if you have them together working out, then you can kind of keep it contained amongst that smaller group. I would imagine it's easier to keep them, uh, you know, from sharing germs and cross-contaminating each other. Well, that's that. I'm back. Uh, I might be the worst guest ever. No, it's delightful. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's uh, it is. It is so uh, one, you know, if someone is caring uh, that, you know, they would possibly only uh, pass it on to a small group rather than to the to the group at large, you know, and it is positive uh, through this process. Uh, 
that group that they work out with will have to be quarantined for 14 days. They can't come back to school, you know, so, you know, rather than have a hundred football players have to go, you know, it's going to be 24 uh, football players. If, if somebody uh, has positive, you know, the numbers have been going down. I mean, we're into a new phase. uh, And I saw the statistics today posted at noon uh, and we're spiking. You know, the highest has been in, in, in the last few weeks. So, uh, you know, I hope it wasn't too soon. Uh, I think people are uh, a little more comfortable. I see more people now wearing masks. Uh, you know, the kids don't wear masks, but our coaches have to wear masks, you know, and uh, they have to sanitize between, uh, between per, uh, the person that's using the apparatus we have to sanitize between sessions. We have a group that comes in at seven, another group that comes in at eight thirty, uh, and before it's all said and done, you know, we'll have we'll have uh, people training uh, on our campus the entire day. Uh, and you know, it's been a it's been a long time coming for those kids, but it's certainly been you know been tough on uh, our maintenance department to have sanitized everything, and they've done an awesome job. Uh, you know, we've got the supplies that we need. Uh, our coaches are being very diligent. Uh, the athletes have to take their temperatures every day before they come. Uh, you know, we were going to do that here at school. Uh, but we decided that uh, that it would probably be more appropriate if mom or dad was helping in that aspect, that they would take the temperature at school. So we made a link to a little app and, uh, you know, they sent in that to us from their phone. And our coaches are getting that before the child even leaves their houses. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's just a good way to uh, bridge some community family and uh, coach and team uh, that the parents are in control uh, whether their child is actually going to come work out or not. Right. No, and that's wise. I think catch them even before they get on the road and have a chance to interact with anyone else. You mentioned the seniors. Uh, what are y'all thinking about for being able to have them get some sense of completion to this year and this journey? Is there going to be a ceremony? Is it a drive by and pick up your diploma from the car? Right. It's, uh, you know, it's been tough on our seniors. You know, they, uh, they miss some things that are very traditional in, in schools. Uh, you know, we, we, March 13th, uh, the next Wednesday was going to be our academic pep rally, which is a big deal for us at Turley's Catholic. Uh, you know, we were honoring over 300 of our students that, uh, you know, had the academic qualifications uh, to be part of that. Uh, they missed prom. Uh, they missed the senior crawfish boil that is, it is that we had scheduled again. Uh, you know, and they missed their sports. They missed their activities. They missed their friends. And there was so much unknown about, uh, you know, what phase we would ever be in. So our graduation is in the Hyman Center. And uh, I was in contact with them. And uh, they basically took their uh, April and May calendars and moved them until June and July. So our graduation date was scheduled for July 20th. Uh, Certainly, you know, a long time. Uh, from the time that we left school and our normal graduation day was going to be May 20th. But, you know, I did a survey uh, with the seniors and their parents. Uh, You're in the business to know. I mean, not everybody answers surveys. Sure. But 
it was uh, it was a two to one vote uh, to do it on July 20th rather than do it at an earlier date because the earlier date would have been uh, in small groups, right. you know, uh, and not in the hymen because it wasn't open at the time. Uh, could have been small groups in the gym, you know, kind of that drive by that you kind of mentioned. Sure. Uh, a little less personal doing that, but it, you know, it's, it's all some people could do. So, you know, I took it uh, on the vote uh, that they wanted to be together, you know, to uh, 174 seniors we had this year. Uh, and they wanted to be together to, to do that graduation. So, uh, you know, we've been working with the, the hymen, you know, we read in the paper that, uh, and, and listened to our mayor, uh, president Guillory, that he had closed the hymen down for 21 events. Uh, he has since opened those back up. Uh, we were one of those 21. And, uh, you know, we're working uh, with the hymen based on their protocols. So, you know, we're going to do graduation. Good. It's going to be the entire class. Uh, we're not sure if it's going to be at the hymen. It may be at the convention center. Uh, and our last resort would be to, to have it on the football field, which is plenty of room, but it's it's a little warm in July to be uh, wearing robes. Oh, uh, Mr. Boyer, that's I'll, quite the understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we're, we uh, have uh, posted uh, the, our, our academic pep, pep rally on our, uh, all the award winners. Uh, we posted all the awards that the seniors uh, got into uh, their academic classes, you know, best in English for best in right. DE. Uh, uh. Right. And I know uh, a number of students shared that on social media. And it was interesting to see how the students were able to engage in what is normally a private ceremony, but it became a very public ceremony because so many people could see the awards and share it online. So uh, there were some benefits to that, I guess, in a way. Uh, when you have to do the, uh, the awards online like that, it does make a difference in how kids can see and, and be a part of it. Yes, am I, am I back? You are, you are, yes. Yes. Oh, we're good. Yes. You know, so, uh, you know, they, they, they did some funny awards for the seniors, you know, uh, best looking, most humorous. Uh, and uh, some of our, our staff members went to the houses of our students and uh, videoed that and uh, gave them some of their awards. So we've got, you know, a few awards left that are, are, are our normal graduation awards. Uh, you know, we moved some of our memorial awards that would have been uh, done on a in a in a awards convocation uh, to graduation uh, to uh, involve the, the the family that is uh, dealing with the memorial uh, could be present and and uh, make that make that award to our students and uh, you know we we're going to have to do it a little different than we have. We'll be in one space. We may be in social distancing. Uh, it may be parents and student only, and we are, uh, going to be able to live broadcast it wherever we are, uh, for the extended family to, you know, to be part of, part of that experience. Uh, and so it's, 
Yeah, it's tough. You know, I mean, some of them, uh, they're getting ready to go off to college in July, and, and that may uh, be a little problem. Uh, we've had uh, a student that have their families move uh, to another state, and they're going to have to fly back. Uh, we have at least one going to the military ahead of time, and we'll do a special uh, a special graduation here on campus for that individual. Uh, you know, I'll dress up in the, the, the graduation attire, and uh, we'll have a private little ceremony in uh, the chapel for that student. So, uh, you know, I'm I I I respect the decision that 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 our families made, and like I said, I'm, I don't know all the reasons, but I took it as we wanted to graduate together as a class. Right. I think that's the most important thing, and that will happen on July the 20th. I think that's awesome. I think about all that those seniors have missed, and uh, it makes me sad for them. But I'm also reminded when I did an interview a couple of weeks ago with Krista Bio, uh, she talked about how suffering uh, prepares us and opens up a space for growth. And I thought those were, those were beautiful words. And so as challenged as the senior class has been from flooding to COVID, man, are they prepared for a lot of growth in their next few years. Well, if you, uh, if you really look at the, the history of, of this group, uh, the old. I'm, I'm sure Mr. Boyer is going to talk about this group and the challenges that they've been through, uh, because most of these kids graduating were born just after 9-11. And so the, the world they were born into after 9-11 has been such a challenging place uh, for the past 18 years. I think I'm back. You are. Was that what you were going to talk about? Was the oldest of this group of seniors was born just after 9-11? Yes. You know, the oldest ones would have been born during 9-11 or right after uh, in their lifetime. Uh, they went through Katrina. Uh, some may have had to move from where they originally lived and live in, in our area now. We certainly have had a lot of students uh, that have been, were affected by Katrina. And then, like we said earlier, I mean, they had the flood when they were freshmen and uh, and now this as seniors. So, uh, you know, some of the, the milestones in the, the 20th and 21st century, uh, you know, these these students have, have, have lived through that. Uh, and so that's why, you know, I think that's why it's important to I'm sure he was going to say that it's important to uh, encourage them, support them, understand the challenges that they've been through while still helping them prepare for the challenges ahead. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> yes. I'm doing my best to finish your sentences when you go. I don't know if I'm right or not in my guesses. Um, I uh, thought you might be saying that it's important to help them prepare for the challenges that are coming. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's important to uh, acknowledge them, their senior class that, that has sacrificed so much, uh, not that, you know, and, and they were, uh, they didn't volunteer to do that, but they volunteered to do things right when we were going through that. At least that's what I saw from our students in, in the things that they did. And, uh, you know, there's some things that we will do special in in that time uh, to acknowledge. I think, you know, we're not the last graduation. 
I think we're going to graduate a week after the public schools do a couple days at the Cajun Dome. And uh, I know of at least one other school that's going to graduate August the 1st. Uh, and so when it's when the time comes, I mean, we you know, we will do some things special, uh, uh, not only through social media, but, uh, you know, visible in town uh, and print media uh, to to highlight those that have excelled in, in what they what they have done. You know, right. what we always like to do was to have an awards ceremony and make graduation only about the diploma. So we only give a couple, you know, the, the, the most, the biggest awards that we have that we'll give out at graduation, the diploma, because at that point in time, uh, you know, they're all on the same plane, you know, some did it a little better than others, but uh, you know, we're proud that we will graduate all 174 seniors. This year. Right. You know, it, it's interesting as our attention uh, turns from the seniors and we, we send them off into the world and we look to the next grades coming. They've also had some challenges with the last two ACTs being canceled. And so the challenge of them still having the ACT scores they need for the college applications they're getting ready to make. What are you hearing about getting some ACT testing back in place? Well, they, uh, I mean, we missed, we missed a round of ACT. Uh, they have rescheduled uh, in, into this summer uh, for that. You know, we, we give the ACT to all of our juniors. And uh, that, that alleviates something. So the, the entire junior class at Turlings preps for and takes the ACT. Uh, so that's done. So they know that they've got a test score that they can use in applying. Um, so I, I know that the juniors take the ACT at Turlings, Mr. Boyer, and then also as they look to improve their scores, are you hearing that there'll be new tests uh, set up into the end of summer and early fall for those people who are applying to college now? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right on that. So, uh, you know, when we, we give it to all the juniors, we guarantee we have a score for every student. And then, you know, some are very satisfied with what they get. And, uh, you know, some want to do better. Uh, we have we have some students that take it five or six or seven times. Uh, but with that said, you know, this senior class uh, has gone over uh, 12 million dollars worth of scholarship offers, you know, and that's in, that's including tops and scholarship offers. So uh, it, it is uh, very it's getting very close to be record setting. Right. Uh, and, you know, we're and, and we're proud of that. You know, the junior class is. Uh, uh, may surpass that uh, come next year, you know. So that's uh, that's exciting that we have a couple classes back to back that uh, you know may be the strongest academically that, that we've ever had at Fairlands Catholic. So it's impressive. Uh, colleges, yes, ma'am. Colleges are are uh, trying to decide what what they're going to do in uh, uh, you know having to have some ACT scores if that's going to be part of. Uh, the uh, application process as we move on, uh, you know, we will continue to give it to our juniors. We are a ACT site here at Turlings uh, to where it, it's given, you know, it's once a month or once uh, every, you know, eight weeks or so uh, that it's another ACT date and, uh, you know, they do it here at Turlings. 
Um, you know, you were talking about this rising senior class, and I have a student in that class, and I know a bunch of those smarty pants kids. I am regularly amazed at their academic achievements and academic successes from the speech and debate kids to the theater kids and beyond. It's a pretty smart group you got there. It, like I said, it, it, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, they may be the most successful, you know, I mean, it's hard to gauge, you know, intelligence, uh, but you, you know, you kind of base it on uh, that, you know, their college totals are so high because they're, they're being recognized uh, for their academic achievement and these colleges want them to come be part of their institution. Uh, you know, they are, they are very bright. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, they are, uh, very involved in, uh, in clubs of leadership, uh, in, uh, spiritual groups on campus. You know, we have a brand new group of campus ministers, uh, that we're excited about. Uh, you know, uh, during the summer, we're going to, you know, we, we may have to do some virtual elections for our student council. Uh, we thought about having to do some virtual tryouts for music ministry. Uh, I think since we were entered into a different phase, we may be able to to do some of that on site on campus. But, you know, what what I'm most impressed with uh, is we have students that decide that they're going to go through honors and DE and challenge themselves. Uh, they're in some leadership roles in clubs. Uh, they're, they're playing at least one sport uh, and sometimes two. And, uh, you know, they're involved in uh, the, the spiritual aspects of our campus. I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's the product that, that, that any Catholic school is looking to, to put out. You know, someone uh, who has achieved through the academics, uh, through uh, athletic and leadership opportunities, and centered themselves in the and, and participated in the spirit uh, the spiritual dimensions of the school you know that's i mean i think that's the most important uh part of what we can do as catholic educators of course of course that and win seven straight volleyball state championships in a row well i mean sometimes it helps to have some talent uh, well i'm just looking at that row of know, balls but, above your head and i'm thinking we got to throw that in there a little bit well I'm in my office, uh, <laughs> but some of those are soccer balls too. So it's oh, not all course. volleyballs, but, of course. but, but yes, you know, I mean, uh, you know, we, uh, we won the boys cross country state championship this past year. Uh, first time in 35 years that the school's done that, you know, and the only second championship in cross country in school history. And it was awesome because, uh, they got some letters from the original team 35 years ago. You know, wow. just saying, way to go, Rebels. Uh, you know, you, you did what we did, but we didn't win it when we were seniors, so go for it, you know. Uh, volleyball won their seventh in a row, and then uh, wrestling came back. Uh, we won it two years ago. We were runners-up last year. Uh, they had to fight real hard, uh, and I think that's uh, 11 out of the last 13 years that uh, their wrestling has been state champion. So, uh a lot of hard work there, you know. We don't know what would have, what would have happened in the spring with some of those sports because we didn't get an opportunity to finish. Uh, but you know, I mean, you know, championships, 
they're not easy to get, you know, and you, you need to appreciate it. At the end of the day is, uh, did you work hard? Did you learn some lessons? Uh, you won some, you lost some, and you're a better uh, man or woman for doing that. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Dana Higginbotham posted, I'm not at all surprised at the successful pivot by the Turlings Catholic Administration, faculty, staff, and students. Turlings Catholic is always a first-class act. Very proud to be a past student, educator, and parent. Good to see you, Mike. So that was from uh, Dana Higginbotham. Well, I see Dana Higginbotham. You know, she uh, she was one of our teachers of the year. So uh, she described herself there, very successful <laughs> faculty member. Uh, you know, her, her family's been here. Uh, they actually moved from Texas and her daughter came here and, and, and spent her last couple of years. And uh, she was such a blessing uh, for us to have on campus. So thank you very much, Dana. Absolutely. And Jill Moe says, really enjoyed the Facebook post from Turlings Catholic's campus ministry. A great demonstration of courageous leadership from your students. Well, it was. I mean, we talked about that a little bit earlier. You know, uh, all of our campus ministers did did a presentation. Uh, you know, uh, for some of them, it was way out of their comfort zone. But But being part of the campus ministry has brought some of them out of that comfort zone, and they became leaders on campus. And were able to stand up and uh, and speak at mass uh, and and do that on Facebook. So, I mean, I was just so impressed that, you know, 17, 18 year olds uh, could, could look inside themselves, uh, you know, into the topic that uh, was given to them and uh, come, come out with some of the, uh, the comments that they did uh, deeply rooted in their own personal faith. Uh, deeply rooted in the the Catholic Church, and uh, I mean, it was it was phenomenal. We we've gotten emails from people to say, "Wow, that was great!" You know, I showed it to my boss, and now my boss looks forward to uh, seeing the morning prayer and or seeing uh, one of those uh, testimonies by by the campus ministry team. Have it was really good. I, Very I proud of that. They were amazing. Have y'all considered keeping that so that you can take the ministry that's usually only shared on campus and continuing to share it with the world? Well, I, you know, I think a lot of what we've had to go through is is going to come back in a different way. You know, uh, hope, you know, we're we're hoping we don't start school the way we ended school, having to do it with distance learning. But if we if we have to, we're, we're ready to go. But I can see all of this experience with district distance learning. Uh, I can see how our our teachers can help our students, you know, to say, look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be on uh, Zoom or Google Meet uh, from six to seven. Uh, here's the link. If you need to ask questions for tomorrow's test, do that, you know, to where, you know, it's it's a lot of our teachers tutor after school. But. You know, so many of our kids are, are participating in, in extracurricular activities. 68% of our students participate in athletics. I mean, they, you know, they, they take their physicals, they send the forms in, and they're in a team. That's not counting the cheerleaders. That's not counting the dancers. That's not counting the speech and debate team. So, uh, you know, an awful lot of our students are participating, and they can't, they can't, go after school to, to get tutored. 
Right. And so because they have after school practices and sessions, they aren't able to go to their teacher's tutoring times, which are usually right after class is over. And so if we were able to continue the Zoom or the Meet, then those teachers could take those lessons and share them with the students who are involved in athletics and uh, activities and still get that extra tutoring time. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I really do. I, and, and we're going to pass. You know, we, we've got a new group of, uh, of students and, you know, I'm going to get with our uh, religious administrator soon and say, I, you know, I really, I tuned in every morning uh, to see, listen to the prayer of our students. And, you know, I, I would like them to, to do that during the summer, you know, as a pre-leadership role uh, with those senior campus ministers, to, they can do that, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the, the showing of the musical. T I mean, we need to, you know, no, if you don't brag about yourself, I mean, sometimes nobody's going to brag about you. We have some very talented kids uh, musically uh, in speech and debate. You know, we're on the national level. Uh, we're in the top, you know, the top two and three team state competition. Uh, very proud of what they do there. And uh, yeah, we just need to kind of highlight those things a little bit. And I think that what we've learned in this uh, that we're on today uh, can lend itself through the year. You know, do I want to do this every day? No, no. I want to get back in the classroom. You know, I want to get back in the classroom. But I think this can enhance uh, the learning situation. And was forced to learn some technology that they may not have had skills in before. Right. And uh I think we found, uh, you know, summer, well, since May or so, uh, you know, the football team has been uh, with their, you know, position coaches with their guys and they're drawing up plays for them to learn the plays uh, to when they actually, you know, get out to the practice field, they, they at least have a chalkboard knowledge of, of, of what they're supposed to be doing. And, uh, you know, that's never happened before that, uh, you know, we, we zoomed in with the uh, with the athletes to teach them some things. Our, our dancers are learning a dance uh, for the tryouts this week, the Rebel Review. And uh, they received a digital dance uh, that they have to replicate uh, through that process. So, uh, you know, I'm I I grew up in, with an abacus in the first grade. Uh, that's how old I am. And. Uh, you know, I've had, to, you know, I'm way outside my comfort zone in some of this, but I mean, you, you know, you just have, to, you have to do what you have to do uh, right. to, to keep up and to take care of our kids. And, uh, you know, we take it, uh, you know, I mean, not everybody's going to agree with what you do and, you know, when you're dealing with over 700 families, uh, but I, but I trust you, our people do uh, the very best they can, the best intentions. And I just, you know, I learned a long time ago, you can't please everybody. Truth, truth, truth. But um, we try, but we try. And I think y'all do a good job of that. Bernard Dumond is watching and uh, Bernard says, Mr. Boyer is a wonderful Catholic educator. The future is so bright at Terrellings. I think for all of those things you've just mentioned and more. Uh, when you were talking about continuing some of these aspects of technology, Jill Cormier Moe wrote, do you think the near future of education, not just at Terrellings Catholic, will be a blended approach? 
offering virtual learning for those who are not able to be there in person, perhaps because of health concerns. So are you seeing that as an opportunity? That, that, that is, you know. So Jill, I, I think that is an opportunity. I think that's something that the school has talked about and the diocese has talked about. Uh, and I think as Mr. Boyer was mentioning, as you've already put these processes into place and people have become familiar with the technology, now it's about how do we take the technology and continue to use it while on the campus in the classroom. I answered it I'm for back. you, Mr. Boyer. You, you I answered me? it for you. Yes, sir. Um, Michael Russo asks oh, okay. yeah. about some of the events you've had. Uh, so when we look at the events you have throughout the school year, whether it's a taste of Turlings or casino night, what are the plans for next year and being able to have those continue perhaps into the next school year um, with food events? And cafeteria um, I'm events. not really, I didn't hear the end. I didn't. I, I was Say just saying, when we look at the uh, the events that the school has throughout the year, whether it's a taste of Turlings or casino night, all of oh, those yeah. events with food, as well, as well as just the cafeteria on a daily basis, what are the conversations around next year and how that's going to be handled? Well, I mean, we, once again, we, we deal with protocols that are passed down to us. Uh, it is It is our intention to, uh, and hope, you know, that our first football game, we can bring as many people into the stadium as, as we can, you know, that we're not limited and everybody's, you know, six feet apart. Uh, we hope we can have mass every, every Thursday, uh, like we normally do uh, in the gym. Uh, with so I know that the diocese is working on um, with the state health officials, how those events can still happen, whether it's by including social distancing protocols or in ways that won't be affected by social distancing. Uh, Mr. Boyer, were you just saying that y'all are working to figure out how to have these things with social distancing in place so they can still be safe? That's exactly right. So. Uh... You know, that's that's somebody's going to tell us, you know, the percentage and, and if we're still in social distancing. Uh, I mean, we have a plan, you know, I mean, I'm up to plan Z on stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it may be that we can only bring one class in a week for mass, you know, but we're going to have mass every week uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, you know, maybe we can't have pep rallies uh, in the gym because it's too confining. And maybe we go to the football field and spread out and have Right. So using the field gives them a lot more space to work with. Uh, you know, the football field is packed on Friday nights for games, obviously, uh, but for mass or for other gatherings, it, you, you've got a lot of people there in the football field that would allow you to spread out. So that's a great asset that you could use. You know, and so we, uh, you know, we do the taste of Turlings, which was a great success. Uh, I mean, I, we, I, I was in the chopped cooking contest and I got cheated out of the championship. I yes, believe. sir. I believe you did. Uh, I think you deserve that win. That, you know, but, but the real, the real thing is nobody knows what school's going to look like come September. Nobody, right. you know, uh, the state department of education has not made any uh, notice of when the public schools are going to start. Uh, we're a diocese, a, you know, a diocesan school of Lafayette. Uh, 
we can start when the diocese tells us we're going to start. Uh, you know, I, I think there'll probably be some sinking there, you know, that we'll probably start near the same time. Sure. I, I think the goal is to try to start um, on schedule in the middle of August. Uh, but I know that there has been discussion that if necessary, they would push that back uh, to just after Labor Day. I know some campuses. Uh, oh, good. So you were just saying that you're trying to start on schedule in the middle of August, but there's been some talk about pushing that back, right? Well, yeah, uh, my gut kind of tells me public schools will start after Labor Day. Uh, but we'll see how, you know, we'll see how the numbers push up. You know, I mean, if today's any indication, we're going to have a little surge in the next couple of weeks. Right. Uh, I hope not. Pray not. Right. Uh, so if it's after Labor Day, then, uh, you know, one of two things happens. Uh, you go through June next spring uh, or you cut down some holiday time, you know. So I have a schedule or if we would start normally. I have a schedule if we start after Labor Day. Uh, and then when you start, uh, it all depends on if they're telling you social distancing. See, it doesn't really matter how many students they tell me I can have on campus. What matters is how many can I have in a classroom. Right. And if they have to be six foot apart. And if that's the case, then, you know, a class of 24, I could probably only have 12. So if I can only have 12 in classroom, then that probably means the other 12 has to stay home. So you either take two days to teach one lesson to your students uh, or everybody's on a Zoom every day, whether you're in the classroom or not. Uh, and then that poses, you know, it goes back to, does everybody have enough technology at the house? And is the is our student the caregiver for their younger siblings would make that extremely difficult. So there's so much unknown. Uh, what I would, I would like to see uh, them decide when school is going to start. Right. And at least give you a, and this is the way, at least today, and this is the way we think it's going to look, you know? And so you can, you can kind of somewhat prepare, you know, uh, you know, there were some schools that uh, were not prepared. You know, they hadn't broached the subject. Uh, didn't think it would happen, I guess. Don't know, but they weren't prepared. And they had very little closure with their kids, Right. you know, on a Friday uh, in 13th of March. And, uh, and still have not had that closure. So uh, we want to be prepared as best we can into whatever it looks like. If we have to run an AB schedule, we're ready to do that. If we only can have half of them, we're, you know, we're starting to work on the, uh, the class loads to see what half is, you know, uh, you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're in, we're in a KDN and we're Cajuns. I mean, half of our names are A, B, C, and D and the rest of the alphabet's the other half, you know? Uh, and you know, and then you're going to, are you going to, you're going to split up siblings like you have? Uh, one stays home, one doesn't, uh, because there's a carpool scenario here. You know, right. there's transportation. Uh, they're saying on some of the CDC things, they're saying that you know the cafeterias might not might not be able to uh, disperse food. Uh, that's going to be devastating for all schools. 
everywhere if, right. if that's the case you know uh you know there's there's guidelines you have for sanitation i know i'm going to have to pur purchase portable hand washing stations that are out of doors you know we're ordering uh, industrial uh jugs of disinfectant to be able to have on portable stations out of doors uh you know we're, we're getting the thermometers i mean anticipating that you're going to have to take uh, the, the the student's temperature first hour of the day you know take their temperature to make sure they can be at school uh and yeah you know we just i just kind of want to know uh than any other administrator you know just to, just so we can prepare uh and, and give our, our teachers the opportunity to prepare to be able to do the best we can I think it's the not knowing. Unfortunately, nobody's unfortunately nobody's been through this before. <laughs> right, and that's just it. So the not knowing makes everybody concerned and frustrated and anxious because they've got to anticipate what's going to happen next when nobody knows what's going to happen next. Um, but I think for as prepared as y'all were in anticipation of March 13th, I have confidence, and I think everyone else does too, that you'll be just as prepared uh, for whatever comes August. Uh, I know that we're, we're just about out of time, but I wanted to ask you if you had some parting words uh, for the seniors, uh, because I ask everybody, and you're in the rare uh, seat of being able to actually have a message to the class of 2020, but I ask everybody on this interview near the end, I say, what words of wisdom do you have to the graduating seniors this year? Well, uh, I don't know how wise I really am, but uh, you know they've been they've been a part of my life for four years here at Turlings. Uh, watched them come in as as freshmen, uh, you know, off of a middle school campus where they they might have been the big dog, uh, and then they they show up and they're freshmen, and they you know they find their place. Green lanyards. Coach Baudet used to call them. That's the color that the freshmen wear. And, uh, you know, I've been uh, uh, very amazed at the growth that I've seen. Uh, and, you know, it, it has been academic. And like I said, this when it's all said and done, this may be the most successful class in the history of Turlings. Uh, because not, every, not everything has been uh, offered uh, to graduating seniors yet. Uh, you know, they. Uh, I saw a lot of them participate when they were freshmen. When we, when we flooded, you know, we took we took buses out. The coaches took buses. Volleyball kids, baseball kids, football players. Uh, people went. Uh, our kids went to to help those that needed uh, things moved in their house. And we certainly had uh, you know, a lot of freshmen do that. Uh, you know, I wish their year would have ended uh, as. The other 63 classes or 64 classes at Turlings, and they they had a chance to do everything uh, and have those memories. But uh, the memory I will have is I thought they did things right. They did it right. They did it right to the very end under the most difficult of conditions to do that. And uh, you know, we're, that's why with the administration and the faculty, you know, we want that one more time with that graduation to be special. Uh, wherever it's going to be, and uh, you know we'll we will do it right by them and for them, and uh, be extremely successful because they've gone through so much. 
I think you're right. I think anytime people go through this kind of hardship and struggle and challenge, they're better people for it. Uh, Mr. Boyer, we are better for having heard your thoughts today on everything that everyone has been through, uh, through the COVID crisis and the pandemic pivot and how you have prepared and equipped your school and its students and faculty and administrators for success during what has been a difficult time for everyone. Thank you uh, for taking this time with us today. I know we had some Wi-Fi challenges, but uh, I was really glad you were able to be here and, and thank you for your wisdom. Well, thank, thank you all so much. It uh, uh, wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, except my connection. And that was much worse than I thought it was going to be. Well, you know, there's always a challenge with live, but uh, we appreciate you being here because you gave us great answers and great insight and great knowledge. And so for that, we appreciate. And to everyone watching and listening, uh, I know that there's some technical glitches and we appreciate you sticking with us uh, because I think these are words of wisdom that we can all learn from. So thank you for being here and for listening and for being a part of it. Uh, we'll see you next time. What am I?